Welcome to Life Point with your host, Pastor Tom Doherty. Good morning, folks. I hope that things are well for you today. They're great for me, and I'm happy to be able to share the truth of the Word of God with you. And we're going to talk about a few things today, but I just want you to know that God uses all sorts of people. He uses all sorts of personalities for His sake. You may not be the loudest person in the room, but you may be the loudest person in the room, but God uses you both. God can use you. He uses introverts and extroverts. You know, today I'm going to introduce you to a man named Andrew. You may know him as one of the disciples. Andrew's name means manly. So maybe he was a manly type of guy. I don't know. Of course, he was named that at birth, so maybe the mother didn't obviously didn't know that was going to happen. Hey, let's pray. Lord, thanks for the day. Lord, it's a great day. It's a great day to worship you every day. And I pray we would honor you, walk with you, and Lord, be used by you. We want to be used by you to make a difference in a lost world. Help us, Lord, each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we know Andrew, one thing about him, we knew he was a fisherman, an outdoorsman, a common laborer, but a man who loves his Lord. It seems like Andrew was kind of the quiet type. We don't see much coming from him uh, on the exterior as we study the Word of God. He's only mentioned 12 times in the Bible, and four of them uh, were when the disciples were all listed. Even from early history, readings, he is a disciple that is little talked about. When he is mentioned in the Bible, though, he is doing something of importance. The 5,000 are fed. In fact, uh, that was just the men. There was probably thousands and thousands. But we read in John chapter 6, verse 5 through 13. You're going to be familiar with this passage, Jesus feeding 5,000. It says, When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread and, and for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, the one we're talking about today, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather up all the pieces that are left over. Let nothing go to waste. So they gathered them, tw- filled 12 baskets of leftovers. And um, here we see the power of God in, in a powerful way. But we see Andrew in a very small role, but yet in a very large role. He presented Jesus with a little small, uh, a small boy that just had some loaves and fishes. And it seemed kind of ridiculous. But you know what? God takes care of the things that seem ridiculous. God knows what he's doing. Now, why would Andrew bother to even bring that up to Jesus? Hey, Jesus, here's a few loaves, small loaves and a couple fish. Uh, the normal probably would say, really, Andrew? What kind of joke is this? Remember this one important fact. Andrew believed in Jesus, and he, of all people, knew that nothing was impossible. You didn't hear from the big three, Peter, James, and John. No, no, you hear from quiet Andrew, who went out of his way to chase down a kid with a lunch from his mom and 
took it to Jesus and made it for lunch for thousands. And Andrew probably was in the always in the background of Peter because Peter was loud and Andrew was quiet. So he probably let Peter do the talking most of the time. And Peter was the big name, you know. But Andrew got a lot done because he followed Jesus and believed. Do you know there are a lot of people out there who have a problem with this story? And many other stories in the Word of God, they say it's impossible. These things are impossible. Folks, I'm telling you, miracles happened then and they still happen today because Jesus is still Jesus. And the skeptics say, pull one off right now like some magic trick. The problem is the world wants to see magic and God wants people to see Jesus. Faith is so vital in who we are in Christ. You need to know this. Miracles happen because of you. Let me say that again. Miracles happen because of you. Of course, God working through you, but nonetheless, you have to be willing to let God use you. Andrew was willing. And I think the problem today in society and with many, many people is people are not willing to let God use them. We need to say yes to the call of God. You know, there's that old song we sang in church years ago. I'll say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. You know, that's what he wants us to do to say yes to him. And if we do that, we will see the power of God. We'll see things uh, uh, come to light. We'll see God work in marvelous ways. I uh, heard a story a few years back about what happened to one of our Church of God congregations in Gulfport, Mississippi. It was a small church, around 60 or 70 people, and there was a man named Richard Brayland who twice experienced a miracle in a very short time. Richard was a drug addict, and his life was spiraling out of control. And one day, he went to a service with his father and felt the Holy Spirit of God moving in him. And he was with his dad, and he asked his dad to go to the altar and pray with him. Richard's life was changed instantly. He accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior on the spot. He gave his drug dependence to the Lord and proclaimed that he would walk with God through the rest of his life. But another thing happened at the altar. When he prayed to receive Christ, he had a fractured ankle and emphysema and was on an inhaler, and immediately, immediately his ankle was healed and his emphysema was gone. Of course, as always, critics, even those who believe, struggle with the power of God, but Richard was a changed man forever. Oh, yeah, we have a hard time understanding miracles. We have a hard, hard time understanding this really happened. Did he really have a, a fractured ankle? Did he really have emphysema? Well, talk to his father. He'd tell you. Then the second miracle, Katrina hit. And a number of people were in the church when it hit hard. They looked out the windows of the church, watching the neighborhood being destroyed and roofs coming off in front of them. They started walking through the church, praying for God's protection, not on them, but on the church. Water started seeping in, and they, they worked with brooms and mops to keep it out. Finally, the storm was over, and they opened the door, they walked outside, and everything in their neighborhood was flattened and destroyed. But here stood the church by itself with no damage. But all around them, the doors, everything was destroyed. A reporter asked Richard why he believed God spared the church. And he said because the church became the community hub in taking care of people. One day they passed out 6,000 uh, food to 6,000 people in the community. God used a tiny church of 60 or 70 people to touch lives, and God miraculously protected that church. 
I'm telling you what, we need Christianity put into motion. It's easy to uh, have Christian talk. It's easy to say I'm a Christian and attend a certain church. But it takes more than that just to proclaim, just for the proclamation. It takes living faith. In fact, read with me John 1, 35-42. John, the author, says this, The next day John was there again with two of the disciples. When he saw Jesus passing, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following him and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two and heard that John had what had said and had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. You know what? There he goes again. There's Andrew sharing with his brother, Peter. Peter would have never maybe came to the Lord if it wasn't for Andrew. Andrew, Simon's brother, was one of the two who heard that what John had said and followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother. We have found the Messiah, and he brought him to Jesus. Most of us know what happened then. Peter became a huge foundation of Christianity, and God used Peter as a major evangelist to help lead thousands upon thousands into Jesus. I'm here to de- tell you folks, it all starts with one. That is why we have, we have letters in front of our church. When you walk in, you, it says, Growing God's Family, One Disciple at a Time. That's on the wall as you walk into our sanctuary. We're growing one disciple at a time. If we would live the proclamation like Andrew did, and if we would take serious going after one person to lead to the Lord, we would see the kingdom of God flourish. The Gospels, the term of the kingdom of God was used 122 times and 92 of those times coming from the lips of Jesus. Andrew believed Jesus was worth it. The joy in finding the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who came to change the world forever and ever was worth it. The one who taught that this world will pass away and will live eternity in a place called heaven forever. And Andrew began the process of making sure many would find Jesus. And of course, today, it has spread around the world, and many know Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But folks, there may be some of you listening today that you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have not said, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to walk with you. If you do that today, he will come into your life. He will walk with you. You'll have life anew. You'll start seeing the power of God. Andrew sensed the urgency. Andrew got it. And, and you know what? The question we have to ask ourselves, do we get it? Is your life an urgency? Do you know when Jesus is coming? Is he coming soon? He very well could be. Are you ready? Well, you know what? I just, uh, I know that it's so important for us to spread the good news of Jesus. That's why I talk about it all the time. That's why I tell you, get involved in good Bible-believing church somewhere close to your house or somewhere, I don't tell people to come to Cloverdale unless you live out our way. Hey, I'd love to have you, but you know what? Find a good Bible-believing church somewhere nearby. We have tremendous churches in the Treasure Valley. Go be a part of one and get involved and learn and grow in the things of God because someday we're all going to be together. There's not going to be a name on the door of the church. It's going to be all those who believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And you know, He wants you a part of that family. And I certainly hope you are. 
May God bless you this week. LifePoint is a ministry of the Cloverdale Church of God. If you would like a copy of today's broadcast or would like more information about the church, please call us at 208-362-1700 or write to Cloverdale Church of God, 3755 South Cloverdale Road, Boise, Idaho, 83709. You may also visit us at our website, www.cloverdalechurch.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.